Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, and we are so glad to have you on today. Um, hope your uh, week's off to a good start. Just got finished with uh, my morning walk, Christy and I. A couple of miles, and my foot, man, still gives me, ah, my foot, my foot. Always got foot problems. So, but we made it, and you know, crazy thing, yeah. You know, once you stop, it feels fine. <laughs> it's just, it's just when you're using it. <laughs> so whatever, just getting old, man, falling apart. Month two into my sabbatical. Um, so uh, yeah, so those of you maybe new to the podcast, I'm on a two month sabbatical from you know um, my. Pastoring responsibilities. Um, so, started the first week of October, and so that'll run until um, December fifth. December fifth will be my first Sunday back, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. Enjoying the, well, enjoying this this uh, final month. Um, as you know, big things in our family: wedding of my daughter big wedding this weekend saturday so we're like t minus four days so that'll be fun um then after that christy and i are going to take a little time away kind of chill and uh, then start gearing back up for re-entry so to speak <laughs> yeah so um yeah looking forward to being back and um preaching so being with the being with my Bayside peeps will be good. I hear things are going great. I hear the Daniel series is going fantastic. The messages have been on point. Um, I love catching up on them after the fact, sometimes during, but usually after the fact. Uh, also, I've had a, man, just a tremendous joy, man, of visiting local churches here in our area, a few uh, around the nation. And uh, man, I'm encouraged. The church is in is in good shape. I mean. Uh, I think it was said of Mark Twain, you know, he read his own obituary, said the uh, the reports of my uh, death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> and uh, and so the reports of the church's death have been greatly exaggerated. The church is doing great. There's a lot of awesome churches out there doing some fantastic work. Um, and so I know just in our area, I've been able to visit generations. I've been able to visit Countryside Christian. Uh, I've been able to visit the chapel, um, all outstanding places, uh, led by outstanding leaders and, uh, just doing great things in our community. And so, um, they're thriving, they're reaching people who are far from God and, um, it's an exciting time to be a part of the church, man. Exciting time to be a part of the church. Good, good things are happening. So don't let the, uh, don't let the, the false narrative fool you. The church is alive and well, 
and we are not fill, filled with fear, quite the opposite, never have been, um, filled with faith and power and uh, taking new ground for the kingdom of God. So it's exciting, exciting. All right. Well, today we are in John, uh, the gospel of John chapter 12. And um, as we work our way through the gospel of John and through um, on a larger um, scale, the New Testament. Um, so John chapter 12, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Thank you guys for being on today. Really appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for being a part of this community. Let's do it. John chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived. You remember the dude he just raised from the dead and over in 11? Yeah. Uh, whom Jesus had, yeah, where well, here you go. They're going to say, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Verse 2. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. A dead man just chilling at the table. <laughs> A formerly dead man, right? Formerly dead man, just chilling. Now you're just chilling. We like reclining at the table. Um, then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped it and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fra fragrance of the perfume. Well, this is this is different, right? This is like a out of the ordinary kind of thing. This is un, uh, uncustomary. We were we were kind of given a tip in verse 11, uh, chapter eleven in the very first um, um, kind of fore, foreshadow what was going to happen. Kind of uh, in verse chapter eleven, verse two, it's when Mary was introduced as the brother of Lazarus. It said, in parenthetically, this Mary was the brother uh, was the one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped the feet her. Uh, wipes his feet with her hair. So that had not yet happened. Now we see that it happened. So John was kind of letting us know this is the Mary that, you know, you've heard the story about her and I'm going to tell you about it in a moment, but just to let you know, this is St. Mary. So Mary took this nard, this expensive perfume. She pours it on Jesus' feet and she wipes his feet with her hair. Wow. An extravagant act of love and gratitude. Yeah, this was uh, very, uh, this got the, everyone's attention. Verse 4, but one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. <laughs> so, uh, so is Judas right here? I mean, technically, yeah, sure. I mean, yes, this expensive perfume, could it have been sold and given to the poor course? Yes, that could have happened. Um, you know what I've found after many years in the church is that is always the objection to doing anything. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, you need, to, you need to renovate the sanctuary. You need to put in landscaping, new landscaping outside. You need to put up new projectors. You need to put... Uh, you need to build out the children's wing. You need to, any kind of uh, material investment in God's house that that objection always comes up. You know, this money could have been given to the poor. Yes. And your Cadillac could have been sold and given to the poor, too. <laughs> uh, technically, every one of us living in uh, a house could sell our house and give it to the poor. Yeah. Um, 
But Jesus doesn't tell everybody to sell everything always and give it to the poor. You say, wait, but Jesus did tell someone to sell everything and give it to the poor. Yes, he told the rich young ruler that, but he didn't tell everyone that. He told the rich young ruler that specifically because <laughs> the rich young ruler had a serious problem with financial, uh, with materialism. I'm laughing because outside of my window right now, it's still kind of dark. But outside my window, I, the water sprinklers are going and uh, Casey and Dylan, Casey and my future son-in-law, Dylan, <laughs> just just ran down the sidewalk trying to avoid the water sprinklers. Uh, they did not succeed. <laughs> They're going to work out. They're going to work out. You know, they got to look good for the wedding. They were trying to avoid those water sprinklers. Mm. They might be a little, 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 little uh, wet on their uh, <laughs> during their warm up. <laughs> but back to John, yeah, I mean that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus, I mean, whenever you can't object to any, like, yeah, I mean, anything you want to do for the kingdom of God outside of giving money to the poor, someone's going to object and say, "Shouldn't this money be given to the poor?" <clears throat> and the answer is technically yes, always yes. But there are other needs that have to be met as well. Um, so wasn't this, why wasn't this sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He, he did not say this because he cared about the poor. See, now that's the thing, right? That's usually what happens. Some, a lot of times people who say that just take a personal inventory of their lives. How much are they sacrificing for the poor? Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Next time someone throws that objection, you know, you, this could be given to the poor. Okay. Um, let me take an inventory of your life and see what you're giving up for the poor. It's usually just a a uh, smoke shield. <clears throat> Verse six. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. <laughs> hey, sometimes people are just stingy. <laughs> sometimes you want to do something, you know, extravagant. You know, you do capital campaigns at church. You do something extravagant. You want to eliminate debt or you want to. We did Greater 2020 a few years ago. Eliminate debt, give money to missions, renovate the facility. <clears throat> you know. Like, I don't know. I object to that. On what basis? Because it should be should have been given to the poor. OK, what are you giving for the poor? Uh, chirp, chirp. Nothing. <laughs> Honestly, we didn't have much of that, but I'm sure there were some people who were thinking that. Um, verse so uh, he didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Oh, he stole money. So the, the Judas kind of was, you know, the uh, the treasurer for the for Jesus' ministry. And he's, he kind of just helped himself to what he was put in there, into the offering. Verse 7, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Whoa. Jesus said what she's doing right now is more important. It's valuable. She's taking this uh, burial perfume and... Uh, this expensive perfume for my burial, and she's poured it um, on Jesus on my feet right now. 
Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came. Not only because, uh, not only because of him, because but also to see Lazarus, you know, who, whom who, whom whom he had raised from the dead. They want to go see the dead man. Let me see this dead man walking. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, <laughs> and they're just gonna kill everybody. Which, by the way, good point, right? You know, we think about we we talk about um, physical healings and um, God coming and intervening and healing us from whatever cancer or heart disease or any kind of terminal illness, perhaps. Um, and he literally rose Lazarus from the dead. But you know what? Lazarus is still going to die a, a human death because all physical healings are only temporary. The ultimate healing we receive in death when we receive a new body. You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, as yesterday's passage, we we're talking about how, you know, we pray for things and we have to wait and waiting is hard. And waiting feels unloving when we're waiting. We know God could do something, but he doesn't do it when we think he should or as he should or as promptly as we think he should. Um, and we feels unloving. But then when the answer comes, it's it's there's even more gratitude, even more uh, joy and thankfulness. Imagine, um, you know, people that we've prayed for and they haven't been healed in this life. Um, we've seen them pass on and we, we prayed and we asked God to heal and he didn't. And if we're in that, those, that two day waiting period, right? <laughs> Metaphorically, where we don't see the answer. What a wash of joy and jubilance it will be when in heaven, we see Jesus fulfilling every promise and answering our prayer by seeing that healing. And, and then it will all make sense. Right now, it doesn't make sense. Just like uh, Mary, I know we're talking about yesterday's passage, but just like in Mary and Martha, it didn't make sense why Jesus didn't come right away and heal Lazarus. He made, he, because he knew he was sick and because he loved Lazarus, he waited two days. And they're in that in-between day, those two days of, of pain and anguish and frustration, sadness. And, and, and in life, we live during that two-day period. That's a, a lot of life. We live in that meanwhile. <laughs> you know why they call it meanwhile? Because it's mean <laughs> and it lasts a while. In the meantime, it's meantime. It's mean. It's that mean time. <laughs> but one day, it will all make sense. And there'll be a wash of joy that we've never experienced before. But back to the passage here, the large crowds come to see Jesus. They also want to see Lazarus who was alive. Verse 10, so the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. So the, the Jewish leaders are upset because uh, Lazarus' healing is uh, evoking faith in Jesus, which was exactly what it was supposed to do. Verse 12, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. 
you see here several times in the last couple of chapters, John is looking, um, you know, looking ahead, saying, hey, we didn't understand. We didn't, we didn't understand all this. I'm telling you the story, but I can tell you during, in real time when this was happening, we did not really understand what was going on. His disciples did not understand all this. In real time when Jesus was, you know, people were laying palm branches on the ground and singing Hosanna to him. In real time, the disciples had, were clueless what was going on, really. It was after the resurrection they looked back at these events and they saw them with new eyes. Verse 16, at first the disciples did not understand all this. Only after, I'm sorry, I already, I already read that. Verse 17, now the crowd that was with him when he had called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. <laughs> Jesus is being famous. Verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Mm, I like that request. Come on. Today, wouldn't you like to see Jesus? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe if you saw him physically, it'd freak you out, but <laughs> wouldn't you like to see his presence in action today and see Jesus? Um, you know, if you look around, you'll see him. Um, you'll see him in acts of kindness. You'll see him in acts of compassion. You'll see him in opportunities to embrace um, others. You'll see him in uh, opportunities to share the good news. Uh, why, don't, why don't we today look to see Jesus? Why don't we like this, uh, like this man who asked Philip, "Sir, we would like to see Jesus." Hmm. There was an old hymn, uh, one of my favorites. Let me see Jesus only. Dead to every worldly pleasure, dead indeed to sin am I, but alive to Christ my Savior. Daily to Him I'm drawing nigh. Let me see Jesus only. Let me see Jesus only. Yes. Um, yes. Sir, let us see Jesus. First, verse 22. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Hey, Jesus, somebody wants to see you. <laughs> verse 23. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. See, this is where the glorification is going to happen. Where? On the cross. The miracles and the sign, the miracles and the signs, and all the ones that he's done so far, including and up until the the healing of Lazarus, raising him from the dead, that's not where the true glorification of the Son of Man comes. Where's it going to come? It's going to come in with the cross. He's going and he's going to talk about it very clearly right here, verse twenty four. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will see so talking about him. He's, right, he's going to die. He's going to give his life. He's going to be dead and buried. But out of his death and resurrection is going to is going to spring up the church, the body of Christ all over the world throughout all generations. Verse 25, anyone who loves their life will lose it. Do you love your life? You should. How do you keep it then? If you love it, how do you keep it? You must lose it. You got to give it away. How? You got to let it fall into the ground. <laughs> Just like Jesus' body was buried, we, we die with Christ. While anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. 
and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who, uh, who serves me. So Jesus is saying, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you hate your life, you're willing to give your life up. You're going to keep it. So verse 25, he says, anyone who loves their life will lose. If you love your life more than God, you're going to lose it. But if you hate your life, it doesn't mean you hate your life, but, but um, in comparison. Th that's biblical terminology, right? Like just so what, like uh, it was, I think of uh, Jacob and Esau. Uh, Jacob, he loved. Esau, he hated. He, God didn't hate Esau technically. <laughs> it's by like chosen. It's a matter of being chosen, right? Uh, by comparison, Esau was the chosen one. And so 25, if anyone loves their life, they will lose it. If you try to cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it. You're going to have it for eternal life because you're going to lay it down. Whoever serves me must follow me. Verse 27, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Ooh, ooh, that's powerful Jesus right there. It's like, I came for this hour. This is why I came. Father, glorify your name in this moment. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that was there heard it and said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to them. Jesus said, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from heaven will draw all people to myself. Watch this. Verse 33 tells us exactly what that means. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus says, I'm going to be, I'm going to be lifted up. He's not talking about like being lifted up in worship. He's saying, he's cross. I'm lifted up on the cross. I will draw people to myself through the cross. How do we draw people to Jesus truly? Through preaching the cross. <laughs> through preaching the death of Jesus, through preaching the atoning sacrifice for sin that Jesus provides. Yes, he loves you that much, man, that he atoned for your sin to make you clean and pure so you wouldn't have to live a life of guilt and condemnation. Man, thanks be to God. That draws people to Jesus. Verse 34, the crowd spoke up. We have heard that from the law that Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man will be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they're going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of the light. He's talking about himself, right? I'm right in front of you. The light of the world is right here in front of you. Believe in the light while you have the light. Pretty soon it's going to be dark. Believe so that you can become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Verse 20, uh, 37. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the, pro the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so that they neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Mm. says this, they're just doing what God said they would do. <laughs> they were going to have hardened hearts. 
Isaiah uh, verse 42. Yet at the same time, yet at the same time, even among the leaders, uh, I'm sorry, verse 47. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. So they even have religious leaders that are believing in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith, for they had fear they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. So they're like, there's some people that were secretly believing in Jesus, but they were uh, they didn't want to make it public because they were afraid. They were afraid to be kicked out of synagogue because they were more concerned about being accepted by man than being uh, outspoken about God. Mm. Man, that's uh, let that never be said of us, right? Let us never be afraid to uh, to voice our praise of God, to never uh, love. But we do, right? I mean, if we're honest, there are moments where we uh, we can seek the applause of people more than the applause of God. So, but um, may this may this be a good reminder for us. Verse forty four. Then Jesus cried out, "Whoever believes in me does not. Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. That is the Father." Verse 45, the one who looks at me is seeing me, seeing the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person, for I do not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all the things I have spoken. Wow. Jesus says everything that came out of my mouth was ordained and uh, sent by the Father. So if anyone hears my voice and hears my words and doesn't do them, it's not, it's not me that's judging them. It's God. It's the Father. Because the Father is the one who told me to say everything I've said. Verse 50, I know that I know that his commands leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Wow. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. And that's powerful. <laughs> that's the word of God. Yes. May that be true of us. May today we uh may we say exactly what God wants us to say. Or to be silent, whether it's dealing with our kids, whether it's dealing with someone at work, whether it's dealing with neighbors, strangers, whatever. May we say exactly what the Lord Jesus wants us to say, what the Father has told us to say, and nothing else. Man. Well, thank you guys for being on. You know what we do? We read, we pray. So it's time to pray. Good word today. We're starting to turn the corner. Jesus is heading towards you know, the most important week of his life. Um, there's a pivotal change after the resurrection of Lazarus. You can feel it in the Gospel of John. Mm. All right, you guys, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your awesome, holy, uh, inspiring word. God, thank you for um, extravagant love that was displayed uh, in the Gospel today as Mary uh, poured expensive perfume on your feet and wiped it with her hair because you are worth it. Lord, you are worth our extravagant acts of worship. You are worth our extravagant and sacrificial acts of generosity. You are worth it. Lord, help us to live generously. Help us to live graciously and gratefully, Lord. In this month of November, we 
think about gratitude, Lord, may this story of Mary's gratitude inspire us to think about what it means for us to act with that kind of extravagant uh, generosity toward you. Lord, I pray um, that you would just implant this word in our hearts, that we would uh, live it. Lord, help us to be those who don't love our lives, but we're willing to lay them down. God, that we, uh, that we love you more than we love life. Um, God, because we know that your word tells us that anyone who loves our life will lose it. But if we hate our lives, we'll, we will pick it up for eternal life because you will do that for us. Lord, I pray for my friends today. I pray that each and every one of us can be salt and light. I pray that we can say the things the Father would have us say. Lord, help us so to do that. We need to be sensitive to your spirit. So help us, Lord, to be dialed into what you're telling us, to hear your voice, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to talk completely and continually with you today. Help our hearts be attuned to you, Lord. May you bless and encourage each and every person today. Strengthen them, empower them, give them grace and peace in everything they need. Bless them, Lord, real good. In your great name we pray, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you guys, thanks so much for today. Thank you for spending some time in God's word together. Hope it was an encouragement to you. Hope it strengthened you. Love to hear from you. Always love to hear from you uh, regarding the podcast at Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Always love to hear from you. Thanks so much for you guys that are reaching out. All right, you guys, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow as we turn to John chapter 13, which is an awesome chapter. Don't miss it. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.